Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, it's Sunday morning. Welcome to the end of the weekend. Monday is right around the corner. <laughs> Didn't mean to ruin your weekend. I pray that you have had an incredible time, incredible weekend. I want to share a message with you that actually is pretty fresh. I, I've I've got a folder full of stuff. I just can't seem to get through it because God keeps pouring something new into me. I want to share with you a message today called A Man Named Pain. That's right, a man named Pain. Have you ever spent much time in First and Second Chronicles in the Bible? Yeah, I didn't think so. I want to draw your attention to a particular spot in First Chronicles that has some popularity. It was actually just one verse, actually, but verse 10. But first, let me give you a little history, a little background of First Chronicles. It, it's set as a redemptive history. Written soon after Israel's devastating exile from the Promised Land. First Chronicles emphasizes that God still has a plan for his people and his king in Jerusalem. The exile to Babylon had shattered Israel's faith in God's covenantal promises. The book's message has a pastoral purpose to bring hope to generations of God's people who were tempted towards despair and apathy. You ever been tempted towards apathy or despair in your life? Scholars have long referred to the author of this book as anonymous, but Jewish tradition speculates that Ezra could have written 1st and 2nd Chronicles. A lot of history involved in that. But I, I titled this A Man Named Pain, and we're going to go to verse 10, and we're going to look at 1st Chronicles, but we're going to focus on this, this message in verse 10 about some dude named Jabez. Now some of you are going, oh, oh yeah, I remember that. I, I know about First Chronicles. Well, who is this dude named Jabez anyway? I dare you to go to First Chronicles chapter 4, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and just start reading. Go ahead, try it. <laughs> chapter 4 begins with a genealogy of Judah's descendants, and it's the names. I don't. I can't even imagine a teacher in that day having to pronounce those names calling roll. It would have taken half the morning, I believe, uh, trying to get them all right. Go go look at First Chronicles chapter four. I, I guess and I dare you. Try to read out that. That's a tough stuff. Now the shiny nugget stands out in, in like a diamond in a coal mine. Just as your head is about to explode as you try to read this passage you find verse 9 and 10. Out of all the names before these verses and all of the names after these verses, what is so important about this guy who is only mentioned in two scriptures in the entirety of the Bible? Now, the name Jabez is mentioned three times in the Bible, but it's only talking about him twice. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. Verse 9 says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, but his mother named him Jabez, saying, because I gave birth to him in pain. The, the name Jabez means pain. Chapter, or, uh, verse 10 of, of chapter 4, 1 Chronicles says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would indeed bless me and enlarge my border, my property. And that your hand would be with me, and you would keep me from evil, so that it does not hurt me. And God granted his request. That's the gist of Jabez rec recording in the Bible. That's it. 
we hear that his mom named him Jabez because he apparently was a difficult birth. So she named him Jabez to be recognized as pain or he came through and through pain, whatever, however that wordage is. And then Jabez simply cried out to God. Now, I like this, that he was more honorable than his brothers. So there was something unique about Jabez. He, he obviously gave homage to the Lord for all of his blessings. He recognized who his blessings came from. And we see that in verse 10, as he cries out for God to enlarge his property and to keep his hand, you know, because names meant a lot of things. The names were, I mean, it was part of genealogy. It was part of future. It was, it was almost prophetic that the person's name, that's why you see so many times throughout biblical scripture where a name was changed. Uh, Jacob's name was changed. He wrestled with God, but his name was changed to Israel. He walked with a limp the rest of the time. So you, you see, Ab- Abram was changed to Abraham. There, there was, there's name changes that go out through here. So you have Jabez, who was born in pain. Now, Jabez didn't get a name change, but I believe he got a, a definition change. Rather than this being a prophetic thing of you're going to have a painful life because you were born in pain, you came through difficult struggle, you're going to struggle the rest of your life, that God granted him his wish that he would not struggle the rest of his life, that he would be blessed, that God would enlarge his territory. Who was Jabez? The name Jabez is only mentioned three times in the Bible, like I said. The first is in 1 Chronicles 2.55, where Jabez is literally the name of a town. And the clans and scribes who lived in Jabez, was what the wordage says, this town in Judah was apparently located somewhere near Bethlehem. Now, the Jabez, uh, then Jabez is mentioned again, First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10, just as we read. He was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I've given birth to you in pain. Jabez cried out to God, the, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I like that part. The name Jabez means he causes pain. So we can assume that something about his birth was maybe exceptionally more painful than usual birth, either physically or emotionally or something came about. But in Bible times, a name was very important. A name often defined a person's future, what they would become. So perhaps Jabez's mother was predicting her baby's future in knowledge you causes pain. You're going to continue to cause pain. It seems, though, as if Jabez defied his hopeless name and dysfunctional beginning to become a man who believed fervently in the power of God. He prayed with urgency, he prayed with vulnerability, and he cried out to the Lord with boldness. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jabez was honored because of his relationship with God. Again, he recognized who God was, where his blessings would come from, who had the authority and the power to change his future. <clears throat> Excuse me, mercy. In fact, 1 Chronicles 4.9 says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. The record of genealogy of Judah was interrupted to bring us these details about one guy, one name, Jabez. And again, I challenge you, go read 1 Chronicles chapter 4. You can send me a message and tell me how well you did with that. His relationship with God must have been exceptionally noteworthy to cause the author of Chronicles to stop and elaborate on this one man's life. Not real sure why we see this. I mean, all of the names, there, there have to be a lot of history 
behind the genealogy of Judah. That's the tribe of Judah. But one guy, one guy in the midst of all this genealogy gets singled out. There had to have been something very unique going on here. And God, I think God wants us to see this. I think that's why it is highlighted, if you will, in the Bible. Maybe you should go highlight that in your Bible. By putting ourselves in the place of the original readers, we can learn a lot from genealogies, like the one in which Jabez is mentioned. So the writer of Chronicles used this list of names to show how God has often or has chosen Israel for a prominent role in history. He wanted to encourage those who had just returned from exile and they were struggling to rebuild their ruined nation. But who was Jabez? These names show that God accomplished his purposes through their ancestors before David, Moses, or even Abraham. In fact, God's plan began all the way back with Adam. The genealogy showed that God's purpose was still in effect. The nation of Israel was his chosen people and that they had been given the promised land for a reason. God had a purpose for Israel and he had a purpose for Jabez. This righteous man wanted God's blessing to be fulfilled. I mean, it was really that simple. This one guy, right in the midst of all of that genealogy, simply wanted God's blessings to be fulfilled. He had seen the blessings, the promises, the, 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 the prophetic. He wanted them in his life. He didn't want to be recognized as a man who causes pain. He, he didn't want to live out that rest of his life. He wanted God to bless him. He wanted God to enlarge his territory. He recognized that God was the one who could only, uh, the only one who could accomplish such. And so he acquired of him. What about you? Do you want God's plan for your life? He, he has distinct purpose for you. Uh, why not pray that God will bless you indeed as well? The prayer of Jabez is found in a historical note within a genealogy. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God, the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. First Chronicles 4, 9-10. The prayer has become well known due to the publication of the best-selling book, The Prayer of Jabez. Anybody had that book? I remember this book. Uh, it, it came uh, breaking through to a blessed life. In, in uh, the year 2000, Dr. Bruce Wilkinson with David Kopp put this book out in publication, uh, The Prayer of Jabez, Breaking Through to the Blessed Life. Little bitty book, very thin thing. I remember that book. Little is known of Jabez other than he was a descendant of Judah. He was an honorable man, and his mother named him Jabez, meaning sorrowful or sorrow maker, because his, uh, his had been a painful birth. In this prayer, Jabez cries out to God for protection and blessing. Using a play on words, Jabez, the man of sorrow, asks God to keep him from that sorrow that his, name, um, that his name both recalled and foreboded. The prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4.10 contains an urgent request for four things. <clears throat> Number one, God's blessing. Jabez acknowledges that God of Israel is the source of all blessing, and he asks God for his grace. No doubt this request was based at least in part on God's promise of blessing to Abraham and his descendants in Genesis chapter 22.17. 
Secondly, it's an explanation of territory and an expansion of territory. Jabez prays for victory and prosperity in all of his endeavors and that his life would be marked by increase. Thirdly, the presence of God's hand. This was Jabez's way of asking for the guidance of God and his strength to be evident in his daily existence. And fourth, protection from harm. Jesus taught his disciples to pray in this way, Father in heaven, deliver us from the evil one. That's Matthew 6, 9 and verse 13. Jabez looks to God in confidence as his defender. Very important that we note that. Jabez's goal in this prayer is to believe, uh, is to live free from sorrow. And the last thing we read about him is that God heard and answered his prayer. For blessing was answered. The, the success of Jabez enjoyed outweighed the sorrow of his beginning. The prayer of Jabez overcame the name of Jabez. That's an interesting plot twist there. The prayer of Jabez is a good example of how we should make prayer a priority in our lives. We should always look to God for our help in time of need. And we can take our requests straight to the throne of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 tells us this. It says, Therefore, because of this, remember that word? Because of this, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is, the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear. So that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing uh, coming just at the right moment. That's powerful. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. That's a noteworthy prayer. Along with the prayer of, of Hannah, Jonah, Hezekiah, Paul, and of course our Lord's model prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13, the Lord's prayer, the prayer of Jabez provides a wonderful instance of a child of God approaching the majesty on high in humility, faith, and reliance on God's goodness. Scripture has many examples of prayers that teach us to depend on God and to call upon him. But yet the prayer of Jabez is very inspiring and challenging for how we approach God with our requests. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17 tells us that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We need to be in that scripture. We need to be eating the word of God daily. Jabez was not using prayer as a formula to get something from God. Rather, he was calling upon God to help him accomplish the promises of God. You understand that. The promises of God are for us to walk in. We're not to just kick back with our feet up in our recliner, let the world go by, and just expect God to dump promises on us. We're to walk in his ways that we see those promises come to pass. Let's dive in and see how old this test or how this Old Testament prayer can be applied today as we seek God's provision in reading and leading our own lives. The prayer of Jabez. Jabez cried out to God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. There's some meanings and some lessons to be learned here. One, the very first thing Scripture tells us about Jabez is that he cried out to God, the God of Israel. Jabez states God's lordship and headship over his life. When you pray, begin by acknowledging who God is. Secondly, that you would bless me. Jabez not only recognizes God as the one and only true God, he also acknowledges that blessings come from God alone. 
Are you chasing broken promises and blessings that the world tries to entice you with? Or are you striving towards prosperity on your own strength? When you pray, do it with a heart fully invested in the blessings of God, recognizing that no matter where you get or what you get, it's going to come from Him. This world has nothing to offer us. Thirdly, that you would multiply my territory. And many think that Jabez is simply referring to physically land and asking for multiple territory, multiple acreage. However, if we look at the lineage of Jabez, we can understand that he is not merely speaking in terms of wealth and prosperity, but in terms of impacting the kingdom of God. He wanted his spiritual territory to increase. This gets, this gets powerful right here. To, to claim generations for the Lord of Israel. Do you need to claim or reclaim some of the land Satan has taken from you? Listen, we, we pray over our family constantly. We pray over our grandchildren. We pray over our extended families. We, I mean, Rhonda and I have got 17 grandkids together. But between all of our kids, uh, she has three children. I have two. Through the marriages of those, all of these extended families, and we pray over them. Uh, we, we, we constantly are, are putting our families before the Lord. When you pray, ask God to multiply your territory and to do more through you, not for you. Plot twist again. You understand what he's saying? We're going to take back what the enemy has stolen from us, but we can't do it physically. It has to come through the Lord. So when we pray that we ask God to multiply our territory, I, I mean, yeah, I'd love to have a, a, a big acreage. I, I'd love 160 acres in the middle of nowhere with a big lake and a house right smack dab on the side of that lake. Deer crawling around behind me, turkeys, whatever. I love that. But this is not what it's talking about. And if God wants to bless me in that way, awesome. We'll use it for his good and his glory. But ultimately, I want to know that I'm doing everything in my power to expand God's territory on this land. I want to grow his kingdom. When you pray, ask God to multiply your territory and to do more through you than he does for you. Fourth, your hand be with me. Jabez wanted God to be in every moment of his day. He understood the power of God's hand to protect and to lead in the right direction. Blessings will become curses if it's not God's hand providing and guiding. When you pray, request more than blessings and provisions but that God's hand would lead you through any circumstance and trials that comes your way. That is the greatest blessing of all. God, that you would guide me through whatever's coming my way. Now, listen, you can't do that if you're not following him, if you're not sold out to him, if you're not surrendered to him, if you're not one of his own. None of this works. You understand that? But when you are his own, it doesn't mean that we'll avoid trial, that we'll avoid troubles. I've had plenty. Rhonda's had plenty. You've had plenty. But think about this. When you pray, request more than just blessing and provision, but that God would lead you through your circumstances and trials that come your way, that he would be glorified even in the midst of a trial or, or, or a, a, a circumstance that comes your way. That would be an incredible blessing. And fifth, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. The name Jabez literally means born with pain. His own mother named him this because of the pain she endured in labor. When Jabez prays, he speaks against the testimony of his name and lets go of the shame it covered him in. When you pray, 
Come to God vulnerable and ready for him to turn your weakness into his glory. God will take everything meant for evil, everything that, that Satan is meant to destroy us, and he will use it for his good and his glory if we let him. It's up to us. It, it's, it, he will use it, and he will use us if we let him. When you learn to submit our, our will to God and pray like Jabez, we will begin to see God move in mighty ways. I want to know how you're praying today. Are you praying for God's will? Or are you still focused on yours? See, that word will, we, we've studied this. God's will is God's choice for us, God's desire for us. When we mix up our will, our choice, our desire, in front of God's choice and God's desire for us, we're not going to get very far. We've got to let go of our desires, our choices, and trust God. Jesus did it. How do we make this personal? Call upon the God of Israel. God, you are the Holy One of Israel. You are powerful and mighty and have called us to be set apart. Holy for you. Your holiness not only stretches over evil, but also leads us in knowledge, justice, mercy, goodness, and love. His holiness, you understand that? His holiness not only stretches over evil, but also leads us. His holiness leads us in knowledge, justice, mercy, goodness, and love. Lord, your commands reveal your character, and we praise you for that today and ask that you cleanse us and remake us into the image of your Son through the power of your Holy Spirit. Dear God, bless us. Thank you for your great love and blessing over our lives. Thank you that your favor has no end, but it lasts for our entire lifetime. Forgive us for sometimes forgetting that you are intimately acquainted with all of our lives and all of our ways, that you know what concerns us. You cover us as with a shield. We ask for your guidance so that we might walk fully in your blessing and your goodness today. We ask that your face would shine on us, that you would open the right doors for our lives and for our loved ones that you would close the wrong doors and protect us from those that we need to walk away from. Establish the work of our hands and bring to fulfillment all that you have given us to do these days. We pray that you would make our way purposeful and our footsteps firm out of your goodness and your love. Give us a heart of wisdom to hear your voice and to make us strong by your huge favor and grace. Enlarge my territory, Lord. God, would you begin today to enlarging my territory in all areas of life to claim it for your glory, not mine. Expand our borders and, and use our life to bring you honor and fame. Enlarge our influence in our workplace, in our communities, in our homes. That May we bring you praise for all that you have done. Give us a deeper love for the, mo for the lost and for the broken of this world and grant us access to be used mightily by you. God, that your hand be with us. Thank you for what you've set us free and that you are bigger than anything we face in this life. We lay our burdens before you, every single one, for we know that you are much safer and that we are much safer in your hands than our own. God, may your hand guide us as we walk with you each step of the way. Help us to trust in your righteousness, your right hand that strengthens and upholds us. Father, lead us into the territory that you would have us claim for your righteousness. Keep us from evil. 
Father God, we praise you for your love and faithfulness towards your children. We praise you for being a perfect, holy, trustworthy God that is bigger than all of the evil we experience here on this earth. We ask that you give us eyes to see when evil is before us, hearts to hate evil, and the desire to flee from its presence. We ask that you would not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil and draw us closer to yourself. We ask for the long-expected Jesus to come quickly and make all things new. We ask all of these things in your son's precious name. Amen. What a powerful message. One word, one guy's name, Jabez. Two scriptures. Two scriptures in an entire Bible full of scriptures. Right smack in the middle of First Chronicles chapter 4. Again, I dare you to go read that and just see how well you do with it. But right there, verse 9 and verse 10, sticks out like a, like a diamond in a, gold, in a coal mine. Right in the middle of that coal is this little shiny nugget of a man named Jabez who was named because he was born in pain. His name could have devastated him the rest of his life, could have shamed him the rest of his life. But he chose to take a stand. He chose to say, God, I know what my name stands for, but I know who you are. I know where my life is today, but I know who you are. I know the trouble that I'm in, but I know who you are. I know the problems that I'm facing, but I know who you are. God, I'm asking you today to give me strength. God, I'm asking you today to give me power. Not, not on my account, Father, but through you. That you would enlarge my territory, not my acreage but your kingdom through me. Whatever it is, God, that you do through me, enlarge that. Not for me, but through me. Man, I pray this sinks into you deeply today, that you cry out in the same way that Jabez did. Not about you, but about him. Let him be glorified in everything that gives you that he gives you to do. That he opens every door for you in front of you. That he desires for you. His will, not ours. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for following along on our podcast, supporting us, praying over us, praying with us. We greatly appreciate each one of you. We love you. We're praying for you. And God bless you today. Amen. Find yourself in a house of worship. You've got time. Make your way there. Amen. God bless you. Ron and I love you. We will talk to you again real soon.